and welcome to Gloom and Bloom. This is Christine. Wow, this mm-hmm. is Taylor. Wow. 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 <laughs> Every time, okay, <laughs> have you seen that like super cut of all the times Owen Wilson says wow? No. I There's bet like, it's incredible. Oh, yeah, because it's like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> and now every time anyone says wow, it's all Jared and I can think about. <laughs> wow. 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 It's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, well, wow. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Just uh, starting off with a bang. We really, I mean, we closed out our last episode uh, with we hope you have uh, moist mm-hmm. giving and moist receiving. And I really... <laughs> Really hope that you did. I really hope that you did. Taylor, how was your holiday? Oh, moist. <laughs> moist as fuck. Yeah. It was so, it was the moistest. It was a little bit aggressive. <laughs> Aggressively moist. Can you <laughs> Everyone was so sweaty. Oh, at every my event gosh. I went to. What's wrong with them? I don't know. Mm. Not well, at yours. You had a dry one. Um, yeah, everybody was aggressively not sweaty. Oh, it was alarming. <laughs> Everyone was so dry. <laughs> Skin flaking. What's worse, being dry or being moist? I don't know. Mm. You age less if you're moist. Hey, just saying. There you go. That's why all of us here in Utah are aging terribly. Oh my gosh! Don't even talk to me. I need Botox so bad. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> I went out of town for Thanksgiving. Yes. You stayed in town, correct? I did. Yeah. Well, yeah. we went to St. George, and the weather was marginally better, but mm-hmm. my in-laws heated their pool. My kids had the time oh, of their lives. Amazing. What was the so temperature down there? Like low 60s some days, but then like 50s. But it didn't snow. No, it didn't snow. Because it snowed. I know. My girls were mad they missed the first snow, actually. You're like, well... I was like, like, not really, because remember swimming. when you recorded the oh. first flurries? You're like, <laughs> yeah. get over it, guys. You saw the first flurries. I know, okay. that's true. And they're like, I hope it's a snow day. I'm like, do you do you <laughs> see this snow? It's not. Like, never. It's not even. I actually can't believe how many more snow days they have now that, like, distance learning was a thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, before it was like, snow day when? Yeah. Never. I never had a snow day. Not no. a single day. Never. <sighs> whatever. But anyways, whatever. Yes, indeed. Um, so while we were in St. George, we watched the new Disney movie, Wish. <gasps> we you, saw that too. You, what did you think? What were your thoughts? Um, I wish I would have known more going into it. Yeah. Because. I didn't know anything about it yeah, either. Yeah. Because there's like a million Easter eggs in the show. Like, I feel like it's only Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I wouldn't say of all the new Disney movies, I wouldn't say it's like, whoa, that was like the most memorable of all the movies. No. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, yeah, cute. It was okay. Like. Yeah. I. Don't know. I like when you go to a Disney movie, I just expect like honestly Tangled is still like one of my faves. Oh, so good. It was a masterpiece. masterpiece. And this was just like I felt like it was a little bit of a rip off of a lot of different movies. Yeah, well, and they were trying to do that like on purpose. I guess. And so yeah. that's the tricky thing because they tried to do the animus I read a bunch of stuff, obviously. Oh, yes. They re- they tried to do the animation as similar to Sleeping Beauty as possible. Oh, okay. And so that was like it did a look, nod to them. Yeah, it didn't look as like uh, crisp and, no. you know. Yeah. So they were trying to do like a bunch of stuff. But I like, I thought the storyline was cute. It was a little vague, but cute. I know. I was like. And then what? the more I listened, because my kids wanted to listen to the music mm-hmm. since we got home. And uh the more I listen to music, it's pretty catchy, actually. Yeah, no, there were some really cute songs, but I don't know. Overall, I'm giving it a six, to be honest. You're like, meh. 
But I felt like a, a Disney genius because I caught that all of her friends were the seven, seven dwarves. Yes. And like nobody else caught it. And I was like, are you serious? There was Sleepy. There was Sneezy. Like, there was a grumpy on. guy. I was like, her main best friend girl had to be Doc. Absolutely. There was Dopey. He literally was dressed like Dopey. Absolutely. Anyway, so I was like, what am I, a Disney scholar? Totally. But I like didn't know any of that going no. into it. So I came out and I was like, I will, now I want to rewatch it you and should. watch for all the things. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. I know. I am, well, I guess I don't want to tell any spoilers, but um, go see it. Let it weigh in. Go go weigh in on our page. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. The other Disney savants out there, like Miss Taylor mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. Um. Th- what, anything memorable about your little long weekend? No. My sister-in-law came into town. That was fun. Uh, my husband's best friend and his family came into town. We spent time with them. We ate out a lot. There you go. And I love that. Yeah. Did you uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving or were you getting yeah. over it? No, it was good. It was, it was good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Good. Um, okay. So uh, I wanted to tell you about this thing that I saw. Ooh. It's a hypothetical roller coaster. A hypothetical roller coaster of death. Like, is it a simulation? Like, it's not. a. It's a concept. It doesn't exist in reality yet. Yeah. But it is like. For people who want to do assisted suicides, you Whoa. get on the roller coaster and you die along the way. I don't know how I feel about that. I know. Because it's like the whole. Because like I love a good thrill. So I feel like that would be a good way to go. Yeah. For but you. I'm like. You should just go on one of those janky rides where the whole thing tips over. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And I will. <laughs> she will do it. Don't threaten Taylor with a good time. No way. Uh, every time people send things, they're like, look how crazy this is. I'm like, that looks Freaking fun. It looks it. very mild and yeah. I'll do it. I'm trying to find it because I saw it posted on. I like live for that like butterflies in your stomach feeling. Oh yeah. Like when you go over a bump. Oh yeah. And I feel like I don't get it as easily anymore. So I know. Like I when you're a kid, you get the like, tummy flutters over everything. Like on a swing good. or something. Yeah. Um. Okay. So here it is. So it would be. That's like the concept. Oh yeah. So it's just like the. Okay. I'll just read this. It's a hypothetical steel roller coaster. The euthanasia coaster is designed to be the last ride its passenger will ever take. Whoa. It is a 1,600 foot high, four and a half mile long roller coaster conceived in 2010 by Lithuanian artist uh, Hulionis. Yeah. <laughs> Your bonus. I, I don't even know. Wait, one more time. Julie Jonas, or I want to say Hulionis. Uh huh. Your bonus. Your bonus? <laughs> you are B-O-N-A-S. Anyway, it is a potential new method of assisted suicide. Wow. It, it uh, allows people to die with elegance and euphoria. It will but it will kill elegance, them. Elegance, huh? Mm-hmm. It's elegant. You have fuck. to wear a ball gown. Oh, yeah. When you It's attend. like you're riding the RMS Titanic to your death. It's <laughs> oh like that. Gosh. Uh, yeah, so it kills you by overwhelming you with gravitational force. Interesting. I don't, you know how some people, they go through a loop-de-loop and they'll like pass, pass out? Yeah. I wonder if it's like that over and over again and you, you eventually just like die. Do you feel like that when you do a loop-de-loop? Um, or no? No, I don't. No. I honestly haven't even been on a roller coaster in years. Since I started <gasps> getting motion sickness as bad as I do, it Whoa. will ruin my whole day. I know. It'll ruin my whole like day. Like it will. Like I'll just be so miserable. I'll have to just like leave. See, my husband, he can't do like spinny rides or repetitive rides. Mm-hmm. So like, you know how oh, has, like, like the carousel swing. or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like the swinging boat. Like, that's too much. But, like, 
roller coasters are fine. Hmm. Maybe I should just try it because I'm you too really scared. Should. I'm like not worth risking it. Because yeah, like mer- even Mario merry-go-rounds or carousels for me like are like I get a little. Woo. Oh yeah, that was a lot. But roller coasters I can do just fine. Well, okay. Well, let us know if you think. Let's go do the cannibal tomorrow. <laughs> Let's it's go. Close. <laughs> it's close. Uh, yeah, we just weigh in. What do you think about the euthanasia roller coaster? Would you ride it I mean, to your death? Yes. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> then it's like a serious thing about like Dr. Kevorkian and like yeah. all of the assisted suicide. Like, I don't know. We should cover it one day because I think it's fascinating. I mean, I always wonder too, though, like if you get to your, like, because I'm assuming, well, I was going to say, it also could be, like, you're very ill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like, like that's mostly why people would do it. Yeah. You know? But I think of, like, old people who are like, I'm kind of done. But I'm like, would oh you gosh. get to your old age? And would you be, like, would you be in that mindset? Or would you be like... I don't know. I'd I like to fine. imagine some old man who's, like, had a really... He's suffering and he's ready to just go and, like, stop watching his, like, family be brokenhearted of his, like, slow decline yes yeah and he's just like he's like cheering and he's like ready to go on the roller coaster he's like i'm going out with a bang and then he just you know arrives at the end just but do you super think dead. you realize your slow decline or does it happen so slowly to yourself that you don't even realize that you've been in decline well i guess it would depend on your mental state mm. right because the thing about so my grandma had really bad dementia she had yeah. like a bunch of mini strokes so she like <clears throat> didn't recognize anybody it, totally so she didn't really know but like todd's grandpa for example g baby he was sharp as a tack g baby g baby i love it and it was really sad yeah because it, he knew exactly like everything that was happening and it That's sucked so sad yeah it sucked yeah so i don't know g baby might have ridden the roller coaster of death and yeah, maybe he's like this would be a good time this it seems like a good time for me to go yeah well, you like you get to the end and they're like, unload your body. <laughs> I know, kind of like Squid Games where they just like dump yes. you into a furnace on the spot. Have you seen they're doing a reality show? Yes, of that? and I've seen like all the people are suing the show for <gasps> all of their like uh, injuries. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. What did they not I'm have sure. you sign? I'm a sure waiver? they signed all that shit. I was I was laughing so hard though because like I haven't watched the show, but there's the ad for it that pops up, and there's a lady. They're doing the red light green light game, mm. and she does the squat down. <laughs> she like squats as the person turns around, and she's like, "Why did I squat?" <laughs> and she's like standing there, and I don't know how long they make it them hold it, but it looked like she was shaking so bad. I thought like. Oh, she's gonna they get have shot. To, oh, she she sat down willingly because she's like, I'm in so much pain, and I was like, dude, were they making you hold it for 45 minutes? Right. I don't know. Some people just how can't long squat. could you hold a squat? I could probably hold this. It depends. Like if you're, it's a wide squat. Oh, I don't know. Two minutes max, probably. I think I could go for 45. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Like my legs are so weak. Taylor's always just squatting. <laughs> she's just wall sits for fun. That's all I do. I just wall sit. Just, she like goes to Walmart and she's like, you know what I gotta do? I gotta wall sit against Every the night freezer aisle. We sit down to watch a movie and I just sit against the wall. Jared's <laughs> like, like Mom, come snuggle up on the couch. I'm like, like no. no. You're like, come sit on my lap, son. Give me some <laughs> extra resistance. <laughs> Gravity's not enough. My leg. You guys only see the bottom half of me. My legs are ripped. Oh, they're humongous. They're aggressive. She's like a reverse, you know, typical male bodybuilder. Oh. All legs. But almost Noodle more arms. than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I never skip leg day. I always <laughs> skip arms. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. That's why we only show her upper half because <laughs> it freaks people out when they see her in person. They're like, whoa. It's alarming. Like, how do you even get special size pants to fit those <laughs> Popeye legs? Oh, my gosh. I saw. So I think I posted on our Instagram someone who's like, how do centaurs run? Do they run with their <laughs> arms? Like, they don't run with their arms straight out. Like Superman. They don't pump them because their legs are Their pumping. front legs are doing that. So today I saw one that was like, where's the centaur's penis? And they put it on the front <laughs> or at the back. And both look so wrong. And I'm like, who is creating these? They make my life. I love it so much. I'll just see if I can find it because I was cracking up. So yeah, you're like, where is the proper spot? I don't know. They're it's not amazing. the front. It's got to be the back like a horse. It's got It's got to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Also, so you know that case I covered a few weeks ago with Larry Hall, the uh, guy who admitted to murders and then took it back over yes, and over again? Yes. And how there was an informant in jail trying to get this stuff, his um, confession. Uh-huh. Todd and I started watching the show called The Blackbird. It yes. is the show about the case. And we are loving it. Yes? Yes. Who is in it again? It's that guy that <laughs> he's kind of like a – Ray Liotta is in it. But okay. he's, like, not a main part. Let me find his name, because I'm, like, obsessed with him. I need to watch everything he's ever been in. He he played, um, and he's a very hot guy. Like, he is very handsome. But he played, uh, what's his name? Elton John. I typed in centaur, <laughs> and this aggressively buff that, centaur That looks like up. your legs. <laughs> this body looks like my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who played Elton John? I'm trying to think. Well, his name is uh, Taron Egerton. Nope, I would have never guessed that. Remember, it's the guy. Uh, oh yeah, that guy. You know, yeah, you know him. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser. I've covered every case, every, every movie he's been in because he's my favorite. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. he's my favorite. He's of all time. my favorite. Anyway, we are really loving it. I need to watch it. Yep. There's Do like it. a lot that I'm, we have so many things on our list. It's mm-hmm. just, there's, why are there so many good shows? Are you guys watching anything currently? Uh, Ahsoka. What is that? <laughs> it's a Star Wars oh. show. <laughs> I will not be watching. Yeah, I know. I was like, but I, we like that stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll just give this. And I love that. We're trying to you. plow through that. See, I feel like it. I missed it. Like I'm too late in life. I'd have to go and watch the whole backlog and. You don't. I just won't. Yeah. I know me. Yeah. No. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot of content. Yeah. And I mean, it's my hot take of a lifetime, but the original ones suck, so. <laughs> and people hate <laughs> when I say that. Is that very controversial? Oh, yeah. Like oh the gosh. original ones with like Han Solo and stuff. You bastard. Like Han Solo's great. Sure. Just, Is he though? They're just like. Why do you hate him? Old and. I don't hate Han Solo. I just hate just Luke like Skywalker. Oh. Yeah, he's such a punk ass bitch. He has a little whiny <laughs> ass bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. All I know is gold bikini, weird yeah. space buns over yeah. your ears. That's all I know. Princess Leia. Mm-hmm, thank mm-hmm. you. See, I didn't even know. <gasps> You're like, what's her name? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, now I know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So I posted this video of Save the Last Dance. Yes. It was like of her big solo and it's so terrible, like so I cringy. It. Every it's time like, I see that or like there's multiple with like I don't know, oh, Hillary uh, Duff or something. Yes. Or, uh Cadet Kelly it's and so bad. when people make fun of them. So they're posting it and like 
I was like, we all thought that this solo was it. That totally. it was so cool and she was so talented. Mm-hmm. And now we watch it and we're like, had she never, like, did, could they not find a single actress who had any rhythm? It's just interesting to see how dancing evolves, though. I guess it's true. Because, like, I... I used to watch, like, So You Think You Can Dance mm-hmm. when it first came on. Yeah. And there were people that, I mean, and I would not say they're bad dancers. They're wonderful dancers, but dancing looks so different now. It's Even, true. like, hip-hop dancing. It's very true. And so watching like, back 15, 20 years ago, I'm like, whoa. I know. The talent has, like, <laughs> it's just escalated. strange. I don't understand it, but. I know. Yeah. I know. Um. So, anyway. Then somebody sent me this guy's page. His I sent you one of the videos. Yes. And I posted it too. It's um, Heartthrob Anderson. So his mm-hmm. name is Rob Anderson. And he like dissects things from the 90s. He did a bunch of Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. And oh, I yeah. was like crying. The one you sent me was The Babysitter's Club. Oh, yes. And it was. And it was like a 17-year-old alarming. boy and a 13-year-old. Like the, he goes over the storylines and how ridiculous they are. Oh, totally. And he's like poking holes in it and being like. This is super cringe. They tried to get in somewhere and she used her ID and she's like, what 13-year-old has an ID? Is it her school school yeah. ID? Yeah, it's because she needed to be 16 to get in. And he's, and like, he's like, what? You're 13? What? And then they're like, I'll come back next summer. And she's like, I'll be 14. And, he's and they're like, like, and he's 18. And that's worse. It's way worse. <laughs> they also talked about when it was Seventh Heaven. There was a lot of Seventh Heaven Ooh, ones. Seventh Heaven is. I actually didn't really watch it when it came out. Like I'd seen a few episodes, but yeah. one of them was they found a homeless girl and they were like keeping her like a pet and calling it it. I've seen that one. <laughs> They're like, who allowed this to go on TV? They're like, he's homeless, but then they go to his home and it's a mess. So he wasn't homeless, but they're and like, that was a wildly popular show. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like. Obviously, he's homeless. They went to the same makeup artist, and they just look like they have, like, dirt all over their faces. Because, like, anyway, it's just wildly offensive. and It's very insane. Cringe. But go check out his page, because everything was so good. Oh, yeah. Billboard Dad was on there. I remember loving that. And thinking... Who? Billboard Dad. It's a Mary-Kate and Ashley moment. Okay, I'm like, so I don't remember that the one. The mom dies, and they want their dad to move on and date again. So they, like, put him on a billboard, Aww. and they're like, all these, like, 40-year-old women, like, flock to the house because he's, like, the most handsome man in Los it's Angeles. It's like the Mary Poppins of dad yes. date finding. Exactly. And they're like, everyone's like, he's so hot. And they're like, he's literally the most average person I've ever seen. Really? <laughs> That's what the guy was saying. I need to see him. Yeah. That's amazing. Super funny. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, so go follow him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, then that's I don't I feel like I've done anything. Well, so what I've been doing is I got invested because of, uh, I'm blaming it on Hunter Schaefer. <laughs> oh, my god! I've been so invested in, I read the new Hunger Games book, the one oh, that came yeah. out in 2020, that they're now doing a movie of. Yeah. Because I was like, I want to read this before I see it. So I read it, loved it. Good. Uh, and then I wanted to rewatch The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And Did the first one is a little rough, really? I think. I mean, it's just not like super action-packed, but then the next ones are like insane. <sighs> mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, whoa, I forgot how intense these are. I know. I had Jocelyn read the first Hunger Games recently. What'd you think? She liked it. Yeah. I think. She didn't I really think. say much, but I, I know. I'm like, because... Our family went and saw that over the weekend, too. <gasps> Did you? I didn't go see it, though, because I'm like, I don't <gasps> really know. I haven't read the book, so I kind of wanted to read the book first, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Would recommend. Did you read the Hunger Games? Yes. Yeah. And watch the movies. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So. It's it's good, though. I liked it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just skeptical, because we all know how much we hate President Snow later on. So I'm like. 
But that's the thing. That's like why I loved it because it was like gives you, you him in a new light. No. Oh, you hate him in this one too. Pr- kind of. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. I love to see the decline of people. Oh my you know? gosh, my favorite. Ugh. A a hero to villain story oh, is always yes. great. Maybe not for everyone, but I like it. I like stories that hurt my feelings. You're like, oh, I don't know. I've been like looking why? for a book. I read a, I read a book and I'm like, there was not nearly enough drama in that. My feelings weren't even hurt once. Oh, you would. It's very dramatic. It's not romantic. So, mm. but mm. so Hunter Schaefer isn't a love interest. Get out of here. Not one boning scene. But. Uh, well, isn't it like for kids? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. It's for like young adults. I'll allow it for the kids. <laughs> but what is Hunter Schaefer's uh, part in it? It's his cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's like... Wait, yeah. Snow's cousin? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Um. Anyway, okay, we've been going for 20. Fine. Fine. Okay. Uh, Christina's up first this week. I'm first. If you're not first, you're last. Exactly. And that's me. And I'm, I'm last. <laughs> and I will be first. Okay. So, uh, in your mind's eye, go back. Mm-hmm. Not that far. Oh, I saw you going. Are you, <laughs> I could tell you went too far. <laughs> I actually only went back to last week. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no, it's a little further back. Oh, okay, okay. We're going to 2017. Whoa. Yeah. Very recent. I have a one-year-old baby, Millie. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Todd would travel for work. He would come home, and Millie would cry as if she had never met him before. She's like, who is this? I'm at. Wow. Where were you at? The same. I had a one-year-old baby. Mm-hmm. Uh... Jared didn't travel. There you go. Um, I was just like, wow. It was this just is great. Uh, nice in the thick of young motherhood. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is the year of the great American solar eclipse. Do you remember that? No. Oh, I do. It was in June. It was on Jocelyn's birthday, actually. actually I actually feel like I do remember this a little bit. It was a, it was a big deal. I think I deal. went to a neighbor's house. Yes. We all had the glasses. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was Jocelyn's birthday. We went to Todd's work. And they like made her really special. They like gave Aww. her a cake. And anyways... So that's why I remember it. Uh, All the NF players were kneeling at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ed Sheeran, The Shape of You, had just come out. I'm in love with The Shape of You. Exactly. And Despacito, The Remix, had just come out from The Beebs. Excellent. Yeah, so it's it's a happening time for the party scene. It's so weird to think that that stuff was like that long ago. I know. I know. Didn't it just happen? Didn't that just happen? What? 30 seconds ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of great music to hang out with your friends, too. And who doesn't love spending time with their friends? I love spending time with my I friends. I do, too. Are you kidding me? Yes. Uh, especially... Like, I hate my friends. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I love them in small increments. No. <laughs> um, especially at a fancy hotel. Yeah. Okay? That's what... The girl we're going to be talking about today, Kanika Jenkins, that's what she was up to. Wow. Partying in a hotel with their friends, being in love with the shape of herself. And thanks to preparing for the eclipse. Yes. Wow. Yeah. But the eclipse had happened because this is in September. <clears throat> oh, so it's already done. Mm-hmm. Oh. But the, she loved the eclipse so much. She couldn't stop talking about it. I know. It. They're like, Kanika, shut up about the eclipse. And she's like, never. You guys, did you see that eclipse this year? Whoa. Mm-hmm. It won't be around for another 10,000 years, probably. Didn't we just have an eclipse? <laughs> <laughs> but it was different and not as magical. <clears throat> I know. They're always like, this eclipse is a do- different new one. That like, won't okay. happen again in our lifetime. And we're like, 
Okay. Five years later, Home Depot's and then they're like, like hey, do you want some eclipse glasses? I know. And they're like, look at this special blood moon that's never happened in 600 years. And we're like, mm, okay. Um, if you guys don't know, we hate space. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. That's why. That's probably why I'm like this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> F you, blood moon. <laughs> we hate you. Blood moon. All you do is mess with our Oh, my gosh. Stuff. Giving our periods. Thanks, Blood Moon. Thanks, Blood Moon. It was particularly aggressive this month. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, because like full moons will like put women into labor and shit. And people go into the hospital way more often during full moons. I don't know. ER nurses, tell us your craziest full moon story. I've like legitimately asked like ER doctors about that. And they're like, it's weird, but it does happen. And they're like, also like on holidays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably the 4th of July, especially. Oh, absolutely. But it's not July. It's, it's not. September 8th. Wait, 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> so it's that day, and it was supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Young people, uh, they they all, the, this group of people, they headed to the Crown Plaza Hotel in Rosemont, Illinois. Wow. Oh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was a four-star hotel, mm-hmm. and it seemed so, so, so nice. Like, it seemed so, so, so nice. Because <laughs> I looked and I thought it was four star and I was like, what? What are the parameters of this? Because it looks very average. I don't understand how hotels are rated. To I don't honest. either. Honest. Well, because you know, like five like, star is good. Well, don't they have like five diamond? I oh, know. I don't know. Six ruby. Mm, seven sapphire. Twelve pearl. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even know about They're, the 12 Pearl because it's so secret It's only and so in Dubai for billionaires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's those weird squiggly buildings. You know the ones. Mm-hmm. 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 No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they went to this hotel that was so-so, mm-hmm. and they danced. They listened to music. They took funny videos of each other. And some of those videos would soon be subject to scrutiny <gasps> and would be evidence. <gasps> both the police, oh, for both the police and amateur sleuths. Damn it. Sleuths. That's a hard one. It's a snake. Yeah, it's a slithery snake. <laughs> <laughs> so online sleuths, uh, because of what happened next. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Oh no. That night, <gasps> our friend Kanika, who just loves the solar eclipse, was it a case of who pooped their pants? Um, it's not mentioned. Oh, dang. <laughs> it's a real whodunit though that t- t- particular party yeah yeah so she, the 19 year old party goer Kanika Jenkins okay. disappeared <gasps> yeah into the night mm? or into the day mm, night okay uh, so the search for Kanika was heartbreaking and pretty brief Aww. just two days later her body was found in the walk-in freezer at the hotel no yes why are we putting bodies in hotels? Well, okay. <laughs> I don't want it in my freezer. I don't want it Mm-mm. in uh, the water particularly. Yes, this story is has a lot of Elisa Lamb uh, similarities. I don't like it. Yes. Uh, so investigators soon determined that her death was an accident and that she had died of hypothermia after consuming alcohol and epilepsy slash migraine medication. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone believes that that's actually what happened, though. Oh. Yeah, that's like the whole thing. Interesting. The whole thing here. So Kanika was a beautiful young black woman. I tell you that because many people believe that it very much matters in this case. Okay. Um, 
So Kanika, her mother began searching for her shortly after she went missing and the hotel refused to share surveillance footage with her. Uh, they said that she had to file a missing persons report. What? And I was like, I wonder, that must be like a policy, but I'm like, that's so lame. Like she has a missing well, child. You're so panicked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't Absolutely. even imagine the terror you would feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that like really hurts my heart. But uh, Kanika had plenty to celebrate when she left home on September 8th, 2017. She had just gotten a new job at a nursing home. And I said, yes, girl, we mm-hmm. need people like you to serve the elderly community. Yes. Get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, she was going to wow them with solar eclipse stories. Oh, she had so many to She's tell. She's like, hey, Roberta, where were you on the solar eclipse this year? <laughs> She's like, well, <laughs> she was actually compiling stories for a book. Yes, mm-hmm. it was going to be a blog post that then was going to be turned into a podcast. Yeah, it was called SE Solar Eclipse. <laughs> or it could have been Toler, so, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The not Bonnie Tyler version. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boop a doo. So she had a new job and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pop off. Um, <laughs> where am I? <laughs> pop off pop off so she was headed out to meet friends at the crown plaza hotel Mm -hmm. uh videos like i mentioned before they would show a bunch of young people hanging out drinking dancing and we could see kanika sporadically making appearances in the background of videos so that's how they were like tracking her through the night because she wasn't really taking any videos herself but like that's me yeah (laughs) i'm like Oh. And I'm like, send me the photo, send me what you got. Exactly. I'm like, I'm photo. glad someone else was doing it. <laughs> yes. Um, so in the vid in the one of the videos, she appeared they she appeared to be leaving the hotel room. And another, she appeared in the reflection of someone's sunglasses because they were the people who wear sunglasses at night inside. So cool. They reflected on her. Also, sentence. how do people even catch the reflection in sunglasses? I don't know. Sleuths, I tell you. It's amazing. Yes. Uh yep. So then she stopped showing up at all. At some point, they're like, okay, she's obviously left the party and didn't return. Yeah. So her friends realized around four in the morning that they couldn't find her. I'm like, how crunk was everybody, you know? It reminds me of The Hangover. (laughs) Yes. When they wake up and they're like, where did our friend go? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much like that, but it was four in the morning. Um, So... So the group like returned to where they had left Kanika so, and she was gone. So the friends searched the hotel trying to find her and they alerted her mother, Teresa Martin, and explained that they left her in a hotel hallway to retrieve her phone and car keys from the room that the party was in. Oh. And when they returned to the hallway, Kanika was gone. So her mom rushes over <laughs> to the hotel to search for her daughter. And uh, so Teresa, the mom, didn't trust any of her friend's stories. She said uh, it didn't sound right. She could tell that they had been heavily drinking and were under the influences of probably other substances, too. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, if they lost my daughter, I don't really trust their accounts of what happened. I know. Like, I mean, I just feel like go out, have fun, be responsible. But especially women, like you should really stay together. Oh, my gosh. Like, keep Everyone. a buddy. They're like, why do girls all go to the bathroom together? This is why. This is why. This is why. Life buddy sucks system. for us. Okay? <laughs> really. Rude. Is tough being a woman. <laughs> Me and Taylor were just talking about uh, the ovulation cycle periods. Uh. And they were like, watch us get to heaven. And God be like, maybe he's gay, but he hates women. That's why he's <laughs> like, that's why you're suffering. Exactly. 
Anyway, I really <laughs> like that theory. Yeah. Hot okay. <laughs> um, okay. So she asked the friends if her daughter had been drinking and they said that she had one drink. And her mother said that she knows Kanika does not handle alcohol very well. Okay. And one drink could be too much for her. It could send her over the edge. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. She's a lightweight, mm-hmm. you could say. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, then she got to the hotel and found the hotel staff to be less than cooperative. Total dicks. But why? Yeah. Okay. So Teresa, she arrived at the Crown Plaza Hotel around 5 a.m. And I said, hell yes, mom. She hauled her ass over there because they figured out she was gone at 4 Whoa. She just booked it. Mom, yeah, mom. Zilla. Gosh, we love that when that mama bear kicks in. Oh, that would be me. I mean, we hate that it has to. No. But it's most definitely a thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm all, would I be hysterical, though? I'd be like, you lost my child? I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you would be that, but you'd be like, no, I have to keep my shit together. Like, totally. I'm on a mission. We're figuring this out. Exactly. Totally. I feel like you would, I would probably both be like that. <laughs> we would team up no we would join hands uh-huh. like this and we would search the whole city mm-hmm. we would take like we this. would find the women who are menstruating and we make a red circle yes. <laughs> around the whole hotel uh, around the whole hotel but, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until we expand and they're like we can't the even skirts of the city <laughs> so, but then all of the menstruating blood ruins any evidence that there could have been so it's like if you want to deploy the red circle, you have to take that into account. I don't know why I'm like picturing <laughs> just like flooding. It's like pulsating circle that's just getting like larger and larger and it just like ripples through the whole city. All of a sudden it's it's flooded. So we're encircling America. Oh my gosh, so much blood. <laughs> Free bleeding. Okay. But why? But why? No, this is actually what would happen if either Mm -hmm. one of our kids, say both of our kids go missing together. Yeah. Todd and Jared would be on it. You and me fall apart. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If Todd's not there, I would keep it together and handle my shit. Todd's there. Because one of you has to keep it together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. That's what won't happen in reality. Okay. Okay. So the mom goes in full mama bear mode. She immediately demanded that the staff locate her daughter and the staff informed her that they could only view surveillance footage once she had filed a police report. Mm. So uh, mama bear goes to the police Mm -hmm. and she was told that she needed to wait before she could file a missing persons case. What? Because they're like, she'll just show back up. Like she just wandered off. And I said I would have so much rage. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you have to wait 24 hours. You're like, yeah, except for you say that 20 first 24 hours of someone missing is the most important time. Well, yeah, and you don't understand. My my daughter's in a hotel Mm -hmm. where there's many people she doesn't know, Mm -hmm. and she was obviously under the influence. Like, there's so many bad things that can be happening. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the mom says, We were begging for help and no one was helping us. Ew. Um, so the family waited a few hours. They filed a missing persons report that morning and then police reached out to the hotel and spent the afternoon searching public areas on the end of the ninth floor because that's where she had last been seen. Okay. And around three or four p.m. they viewed a hotel surveillance footage and they did not see any sign of the missing girl. Be like, no, if there's surveillance footage, you should be able to track every person like absolutely in and out. Ex- right. Yeah. Because it's 2017. It's not like the 90s where it's like super spotty. Truly. Okay. So there's just none of her. Okay. So at 6 p.m., her very frustrated family began to knock on hotel room doors. 
They uh, went, yeah. they went door to door. And I said, I would do the same. I actually have a terrible fear of losing a kid in a hotel oh my because they could be yoinked into a room so from fast. the hall. Yes. And there are so many bad things that could be happening in there. Cause like any door there's like, Say they ran down the hall in front of you and then you don't see them anymore. There's like 50 rooms they could be in. I would not recommend you watch American Horror Story Hotel. Oh, I won't watch it, any of those anyway. Yeah. I'm but surprised you do because you're so scared. I know. It's like Is that, that what happens in those? I mean, there's like a bed that like eats people basically. <gasps> it's really creepy actually. I don't like that. Yeah, no. Sounds like uh, Stephen King's Christine, the car. She'll, like, yeah. eat people. Yeah. Suck them through the seat. <laughs> yeah. I I always, like, I hate scary things and it, like, makes me want to cry. But then, like, I also, like, kind of want to, like, you're like I'm just curious you're like, I'll enough. watch it and, like, peek through my fingers. But that's, like, the scariest I'll get, really. So. Mm, okay. Yeah. Love that for you. Is that yeah. the one Lady Gaga's in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So, they went door to door. And the hotel accused them of disturbing the peace and called 911. And I'd be like, yes, please, get the cops here. I need more hands. Exactly. I need help. So the, when the police arrived on the scene, they agreed to take a second look at surveillance footage. I'm like, thank you. They're like, oh, the police are asking? That's fine. Like, do that's the least you can do. So Very then good. a few hours later, they spotted footage of Kanika at 3.20 a.m. that morning. And she was staggering drunk near the front desk. So I'm like, people had to have seen her. Totally. But she just continued to stumble around. She eventually found her way to a kitchen that was under renovation and not in use. And the last known footage shows her walking through the back of the kitchen towards the double freezer. And this freezer had a cooler in the front. It was kind of like a fridge. Because mm-hmm. if you like ever worked in fast food or a restaurant where they have like a walk-in fridge or freezer... I have. I have not, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so this I is I can like, imagine. It's like a pantry that's a freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen ratatouille, so. <laughs> then yes. <laughs> you know. Okay, so it had a cooler in the front with a second door leading to the freezer area. So the video does not show her walking into the freezer, but it is speculated uh, that she opened the door, walked in, and couldn't find her way out again. That would be terrifying. Right. And they and like all these walk in freezers, they have a fail safe thing where if you get shut in there and it's weird because there's no handle to pull the door shut on the inside. Yeah. But there is a button you can press to like pop the door open. But I don't know if I talk about it, but she was so out of it because like I watched a ton of footage of her wandering around and she kept like bumping into the wall over and over again to Mm -hmm. the point where she was like leaning against the wall and like walking. Oh my god. And that she was so out of it. Yeah. So I'm like, if she got in there, it's like, you know, in a dream when you're like, I'm gonna run really fast or I'm gonna like And you're just stumbling. You just can't mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked like that. So even if she she probably was so out of it, she didn't realize there was a way to get out. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. So the kitchen was under red of re- renovation and not in use. The freezer was still on and running. Because it was being used for extra storage for food for an upcoming restaurant in the hotel. Okay. Uh, And and the freezer could drop as low as 8 degrees Fahrenheit. Quite cold. That is freezing. Far below freezing. I don't even like it when it drops below uh, 70 in my house. (sighs) Yes. I'm really particular about it. 8 is aggressively cold. That is aggressively cold. It sure is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so sadly... 
this hopeful clue led to tragedy because around 1 a.m. on Sunday morning, police discovered Kanika Jenkins' body in the walk-in freezer. She was lying on the floor, messy hair, with one shoe off, and she had been wearing ripped jeans, a crop top, jean jacket, and a white bra. Did you say how old she is? 19. Oh my gosh. And police described her as frozen solid. Oh, and then I I have to show you this picture because it's the worst. Yeah, I'm trying to look at videos. I'm like, oh my gosh. They're all over TikTok. But okay, so this is her mom after they found her. Oh, It's the most devastating photo. Her mom is like wailing. Yes. Oh, it's so sad. Okay, so they, they found her. They did an autopsy. It came back saying that it was inconclusive. Uh, Later autopsy reports say that she died of hypothermia and she had some scratches and wounds on her foot and ankle Mm -hmm. that were exposed from not having a shoe on. But other than that, there were no wounds or markings that were found on her body. No signs of a struggle or a fight were found and like no signs of like sexual assault or anything. Yeah. So she, her toxicology report came back showing a blood alcohol level of 0.112, which illegally drunk is like 0.08. Yeah. So she was pretty hammered. Totally. Um, yeah. And so I guess when you have blood in your system, it could hasten hypothermia. Really? Which I thought like alcohol would like keep you warm. That's what I've always been led to believe by the movies. Yeah. They're like, drink some rum and you won't freeze to death yeah. or whatever. Bundle up. Yep. No need. No, I'm I'm all drunk. I'm toasty. Okay, so, and she had a prescription drug in her system that her mother said was not prescribed to her. It was uh, topramiramate, whatever. Okay. It is a drug used for epilepsy and to prevent migraines. And it can also be used for weight loss and control muscle spasms. So it's not like a recreational drug. No, not something that you would like get. Yeah, no. Yeah, so they don't know if she ingested it or like she was drugged. Weird. They're like, why would that? Like, that's, that's really so random. Weird. It's like taking like high blood pressure medication when you don't need it. Like, you just wouldn't. Totally. You know? Okay. Like, give me one of those. I'll I feel t- like my blood pressure is going to be real high tonight. Yeah. What? Okay, weirdo. So she was dead. And uh, the story, the story is spread. Wait, what am I saying? But the story is far from over. That's what I'm saying. Oh, no. So news spread of her disappearance quickly, and it, like, took on a life of its own. So everyone's like, what happened to Kanika Jenkins? Yeah. So police expected early on that she had died by accident after walking into a freezer. And Mm -hmm. but her family was like, "Mm, I doubt it. Don't believe it. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, They said that the freezer door is heavy, and there's no way... This is Lenore Harris, the sister. She says there's no way that she could have opened it. She's saying that she was so drunk. Yeah, especially if she can't even stand. Yeah, she didn't. She wouldn't have had enough strength. If she had enough strength to open that freezer door, she could have had enough strength to walk straight. But she was like, like I said, totally totally leaning against the wall. Um, Yeah, then I said that she was like literally stumbling. Yeah. Like bouncing wall to wall like a ping pong ball. Like she would hit into one wall kind of like. She was honestly looked like a zombie in a, yeah. in a film, film, like walking slow. So weird. Yes. Um, so her mom agreed. And uh, she said that police told her that Jenkins was so drunk that she couldn't hold herself up. She had to lean on the wall for support. And the freezer was located. Oh, I already told you this. 
And then she says, she maintains that she believes someone in the hotel killed her child. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so it kind of became an online sensation. Amateur sleuths began to agree that something was sinister happening mm-hmm. with this story. Um, people online, they like poured over her friends, like they call it the final party. They yeah. were like combing through it, looking for clues. They even have like where they've, you know, done weird stuff to the audio and they're like, I can hear someone saying, help me. And then you listen and you're like, I really think that's a stretch. Oh, totally. It's, yeah. It's like those uh, ghost things where you're like, you don't hear anything till they're like, do you hear that? And you're like, you're yes, like, oh kind God, of. Do. <laughs> yep. So like I said, they the videos of her in the background, whatever. Mm-hmm. They think that they can hear people talking about rape and murder, which I'm like, if that was a conversation that I was involved in, it probably would, you know, I would talk about rape and murder at a party for sure. Like, it's one of my favorite topics. Totally. So I'm like, is that necessarily a problem? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, shit went down at this party, allegedly, what people are saying. Yeah. Okay. Online theories ranged about uh, organ harvesting to a $200 hit made by one of Jenkins' friends. What? Organ harvesting? Like, they were planning to freeze her to harvest her organs? Like, it can't. None of, none of her organs were missing, so yeah. that does not Don't track. Don't believe it. That doesn't track. Uh, people were unconvinced of murder, and they argued that police and the hotel staff uh, failed to prioritize the search for Kanika because she was black. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, then somebody posted, not trying to turn this into anything, but to be honest, uh, had Jen- Kanika Jenkins been white, this would have been breaking news. And they said, yeah. They're probably not wrong. Yeah. And I mean... That's the world we live in. Yep. So her mother's own statement said the same thing. And she's like, if they had taken me seriously and checked right away, we could have found my daughter much sooner and she might have been alive. (laughs) Right? Like, had the hotel staff, like, (coughs) here's the thing. Even if you want to keep privacy of your hotels, like, your hotel guests, fine, whatever. Just, like, check for my daughter. I guess, but, like, they're just searching, like, the public places. It's not like, look at Well, that's what I'm saying, you know? like, all they had to do was them themselves check the footage and look for her. Exactly. That's it. Like, and they like, didn't have to show it to anybody. They just... I'm just so confused why they couldn't find her the first time around. Totally. The prescription that she had in her in her system causes... It can cause dizziness, impaired memory, impaired con- concentration, poor coordination, confusion, con- confusion, and impaired judgment. Mm-hmm. Um... So police ruled that her death was accidental and they just closed the case. Oh, They're cool. like, nothing we can do. Super sad. Sorry about that. Um, and it wasn't, and it hasn't stopped like people from pouring over what happened. Totally. And she was even featured on MTV True Crime series in 2020. Oh. Okay. So her mom believes that she knows who is responsible for her daughter's death and it wasn't her friend's. Or some sinister serial killer, but the hotel staff and the police. She says, to me, I feel like they helped kill my child. The police department and the hotel. I mean, by negligence? Yeah. I could see that. Or they weren't like, or they just weren't snappy about helping them figure it out and then kind of did a shitty cover up or something. Totally, But I don't think that they were like, let's lock her in here. Right. Well, here's some theories. Okay, let's okay? talk about it. One popular theory is that her friends had something to do with her death. And it's important to note that there is no 
evidence to support this. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, some people have speculated that her friends allowed her to be assaulted and killed by someone or multiple people at the party yeah. and then placed her in the freezer. But the security tapes show her walking by herself and uh, she has no like wounds that would yeah. suggest that she was attacked or something. So garbage theory. Yeah. Also, the autopsy uh, like showed no sexual assault and her friends looked for her for an hour and a half before calling her mom. Um, and they continued to help look for her after. So mm-hmm. it's, just, it's not likely it was the friends. Yeah. Even though at first I was like, where the hell are her friends? Why are they not looking out for her? I, but, I don't know. Because like I'm also like, well, maybe there's like that one dumbass friend who's like, do you know what would be really funny if like I gave her this medicine that like you're not supposed to take with alcohol? <laughs> I mean, some you know, people are like that. Some people are like, like that. Like, what a funny prank I'm getting. I think do. it's the stupidest thing ever. But there's just those people who like, yeah. And especially like they're too like, far. That's not funny. Like, wow. Um, how about we don't do Let's that? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Then there's the hotel cover-up speculation. Mm-hmm. So people speculate that the hotel had something to do with her death and placement of her in the freezer. As a cover-up. Some people believe that she was lured into the freezer by someone working at the hotel and then she was locked in. Uh, Some people say that she was killed off-camera, put in a black garbage bag, and dumped in the freezer to make it look like she stumbled in there on on her own. And there is some video footage that's like, huh, I don't know. Let me show it to you. Yeah. Here... But why? But why would the staff, like, what's the benefit? That's a good question. Like, do they have something against her? Are they, is it, it can't, it's not for financial gain. Right. Ho- nobody wants to stay at a hotel where someone died. Right. Okay. It's terrifying. I mean, sure, there's like people who die at every hotel. Oh, wait, <laughs> hang on. I know, right? And you're like, maybe even in this room. Ah! Okay, watch this video. Oh, I like your new phone case. That is weird. Isn't that weird? That is suspicious. I know. So it's of the, the kitchen where she was found. It's somebody pushing a big like janitor cart yeah. with like something in a big plastic bag. It looks like a person with their legs bent. Yeah, like, you know, when you drive past the bags on the side of the street, and you're like, that's a body. But this actually looks like there's it like, does look like a, body. a grown person. In and it. so they run into something and it catches and he has to like move it so it stops. <sighs> Okay, so the cart runs into something, yes. right? And it gets kind of caught. Yeah. And <clears throat> she had a cut on her foot Yeah, in the freezer. So yeah. they're saying that's when the cut happened. And then so the cart goes out of frame. And then right behind it comes a guy with like a yellow bo- mop bucket. Yeah, thing. like the so hotel one. when they pass, they leave a stain, the cart and yeah. the body allegedly. And so then the guy comes up right behind him and is mopping up the mess. People are like, that's blood. Totally. But I don't know. But if there was no other blood on her body, like, right. yes, she wasn't just bleeding. the cut, like, if the cut happened just then, right. would it be pouring a puddle of no. blood? No, but I'm like, Especially through a trash bag? It could have been a different fluid, like, maybe she threw up or something, you know? Through the trash bag? <laughs> Taylor, who knows? Anything's possible, if you Anything's believe. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you believe it, you can achieve it. She could have thrown up through well, so the plastic like, bag. Mm, oh, there can be miracles <laughs> if you believe. Except yeah. for it's not miracles because this is not a miracle. No. This is terrible. I mean, it would be a miracle if you could throw up through a trash bag with no hole in it or something. That would not be a miracle because then you would never be able to catch your throw up. <laughs> I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? Okay. So that is just suspicious. Wow. It was a weird clip. Yeah. That happened. Okay. 
<laughs> so, okay, so, and people find it suspicious that they took the trash out so late, but it is a 24-hour service hotel, so it's really not that weird, probably. No, I'm sure they take it out all night. Yep. Um, and people say, like, the hotel might have a motive to cover up whatever happened to her because the party was being held at a hotel. Um, at the, there, it was, the room was purchased on stolen credit cards. Oh. And there was a lot of underage drinking and mm-hmm. illegal drugs being used there. But I'm like... If the ho- like if the hotel, I just feel like anything could be going on in any room, and like mm-hmm. the hotel wouldn't necessarily know that it. it and it was wouldn't illegal. be their fault either. They're not no. like, what are they supposed to be like knocking on every door and be like, are you underage? Are you drinking in here? Yeah, what is going? They're Come not, on, they're not gonna. It's not their job. But they did have a noise complaint on the party, and they didn't even like go be like be quieter. I mean, what are they supposed to do? I don't know. Yeah, I guess that, I don't apparently. know. I'm n- I'm never no noisy in a hotel, so I don't <laughs> right? know what they would tell me. Yes. So um, a lot of people think that the hotel was trying to hide the truth about Kanika's death, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to get in trouble for having an illegal party at their hotel. And I was like, the hotel can't really control that. <laughs> Sounds like they're like hosting the illegal party. <laughs> the only thing, yes, exactly. The only thing I can think of was that like she was wandering around the hotel and she was injured or killed somewhere and they were just trying to cover it up and threw her in the freezer i feel like that could be a plausible thing but again like but i'm like why wouldn't you if that that happened why wouldn't you take her off site yeah why would you leave her in your facilities totally it doesn't make a lot of sense i just feel like it would be much better for them just to like call the police and be like hey there's like a body like can you guys come get it (sighs) exactly (laughs) like i don't know like full disclosure (laughs) is usually the answer totally okay and other another theory says that video evidence was tampered with and someone was following her the whole time that she was stumbling around the hotel and they claimed that an employee edited out the person following her to cover up what happened and they say that the reason the hotel refused to show the tapes was that they were busy editing them out to avoid bad publicity of a murder in the building. That so, would be, like, so much work. Right? And so while it's probably true that the hotel didn't want bad publicity, totally, uh, it's kind of hard to believe that someone would go through and edit Kanika out of every frame. Totally. Uh, and besides the footage, she was clearly confused as she stumbled around, and she doesn't appear to be, like... To be like, she doesn't appear like she's being followed Mm -hmm. or trying to invade anybody. But I say it is a perfect setup for a predator to follow like a wounded, struggling animal, right? Absolutely, yeah. So it makes sense that a bad human would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. She wasn't sexually assaulted, so that theory doesn't hold a lot of water. But sexual assault isn't always the goal for psychos. It's true. Yeah, so maybe somebody would think it's great to find the drunk stumbling girl and throw her in the freezer, you know? And maybe if someone throws her in there thinking like, you know, maybe they are a predator and they think I'll come back later once she is dead or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm like, not impossible, (sighs) that theory. Okay, so a more compelling criticism of the hotel says that they refused to let Kanika's mother view the footage when she arrived to look for her daughter. Uh, this became more of a criticism when Jenkins, the Jenkins family filed a civil lawsuit against the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the family's lawsuit. In 2018, they filed a $50 million lawsuit against the Crown Plaza Hotel for their daughter's death. Uh, the suit claimed that the hotel was negligent for not properly securing the renovated freezer area and locking it off on the public. And I said, agreed, especially if they aren't like monitoring at all. That is pretty negligent. Totally. Like just block it off or have people monitoring it. I don't know. I feel like there's got to be something to do there. Well, and like obviously it's in the kitchen. Like the kitchen probably has other dangerous things in there. Like don't. Yeah. 
Totally. Like a gas stove or something. Totally. Uh, And the lawsuit also blamed the hotel for not doing anything to stop or end the party that had at least 30 people in a room that was designed for four occupants. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to know, like, because they had a noise complaint, at least one. Like, you have to know when things like that are happening in your hotel because you're like, 30 people are coming in. Like, where are they going? I don't know. But it was kind of a big hotel. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, there had been a noise complaint and the staff did nothing about it. So I was like, that was kind of suspicious. Yeah. Just people being lazy, being like, meh. Yeah. I'm tired. It's the night shift. I don't know. <laughs> I don't do anything. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. So the lawsuit also said that staff members were negligent in not allowing the mother to view the footage to help find her daughter and uh, or having a security officer look at the tapes for her. The mom said that the staff had, if the staff had helped her look at the tapes, it's possible that they could have found her sooner and she still would have been alive. Totally. I so how long it takes you to pass away in a freezer? That's a good question. Like, how long does it take you to freeze to death totally. in, like, eight-degree weather? Yeah. I don't know. Because I feel like when people get hypothermia, a lot of times, like, in the end stages, you'll feel hot. So, yeah. like, pe- like they'll find people naked. Take their clothes off. Exactly. Yeah. And, she, I mean, she had a shoe missing. That was her only thing. So, I'm like, unless she was super out of it, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. There's This whole case is, like, what? It's just interesting. Yeah. So, then the newest development in this case just happened in October 2023, uh, it was reported that Kanika's mother reached a settlement and her in- her attorney indicated that terms would be sealed because uh, all of the politis- p- sub- sorry, publicity surrounding the case had resulted in various threats against various individuals in the case. Wow. So she got a payout. We don't know what it looks like or no. what happened, but I mean, that's the case. We might never know. Yeah. Did you look up how long it I'm takes to, to die right now? Because I'm like, that is just crazy. Uh, said hypothermia can occur in 10 minutes. Whoa. Well, that's at negative 30 degrees. So maybe, <laughs> maybe not that aggressive. Well, so then maybe like <clears throat> 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but she was drunk and apparently that speeds it up. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. So zero degrees. You can survive outside for 10-minute stints. Okay. And she didn't have a coat or yeah. anything, so. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. But um, my sources were at thecrimewire.com, an article called The Kanika Jenkins Case, What Really Happened? Wow. By Jade Wassenplug. And all that's interesting article, The Mysterious Story of Kanika Jenkins, the 19-year-old found dead in a hotel freezer by Kalina Fraga. Mm-hmm. And TikTok videos. Wow. Just a little mystery for you guys this Thursday. Yes. Eve. What or happened? day or morning. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know what time you listen. Yeah. It's none of our business. I'm not going to judge you. Maybe you're not even listening on Thursday. Yeah. Maybe somehow you're listening on Wednesday morning. <laughs> the day before it comes out. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I doubt it because I don't usually edit it till midnight on Wednesday. Telepathy. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. You're very welcome. I really want to know. I want to know these mysteries. I know. Of the universe. When we get to heaven, it'll be like, excuse me, sir, can somebody tell us what happened to Kanika Jenkins, John Bonet Ramsey? John Bonet? John Bonet. We finally got an answer about Natalie Holloway. So, I mean, that's something. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. All right. Okay. For my story, uh-huh. I'm going to tell you about a little trickster of a man. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about a man named 
Charles Ponzi. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought the you were going to tell me Houdini or something. <laughs> Harry Houdini. He's such a Today tricky I'm going to tell you about Harry Potter. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Humble beginnings <laughs> in a, underneath the stairs. So he was born in 1990 and he was born in a cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he was not. He, yeah. <clears throat> He just lived there as a teen, okay? <laughs> okay, yeah, he wasn't born there. <laughs> he was born there. He stayed there his whole life. He didn't know any different. All right. No. So, yeah. This is the man behind the name Ponzi Scheme. Which one are you trying? Green one. <clears throat> it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> why is my voice so froggy? Okay. We're going to learn a little bit of history of him and the scheme. Do tell. So, I'm going to hate this. Have you heard it before? Well, I've heard of the name. I guess I don't really know the whole story, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, Charles became known in the early 1920s as a swindler in North America for his money-making scheme. He would promise clients 50% profit within 45 days or 100% profit in 90 days. Sounds amazing. Whoa. Sign nice. me up. Take all my money. Yeah. So Charles. Whip a snapper. <laughs> Whip a snapper. It's the 1920s. Mm-hmm. So Charles was born in, on March 3rd in 1882 in Lugo Emilia Romana, Italy. Sounds gorgeous. It sure is. Rolling hills. Mm. Wineries everywhere. So, so much. Fettuccini. Fettuccini Alfredo. Is, maybe that's the place where the pasta was growing on and the trees. And all of the, the Italian hands that's shaped like a, you know, you know. A pinch. Yeah, pinching. <laughs> maybe he's related to Chef Boyardi. I think he is. Mm. Yeah. I love his ravioli. <laughs> so, he... He had grown up in a well-to-do family, but apparently the family had fallen upon hard times and had very little money. So early on in his life, he worked as a postal worker until he was accepted into the university. (laughs) The urine-iversity. Oh, they just study urine or Uh do they just pee? Mm -hmm. You have to pee to get in. Every day? Every day. In and out. It's a <laughs> weird system, but... I, okay. Security's tight. <laughs> yeah. They encourage hydration. You have to pass the vibe check. If your <laughs> urine doesn't pass the vibe check, mm-hmm. no school so for like, you. This is a little too yellow today. You're, you're not, clearly not you're drinking not enough water. You're properly hydrated, yeah. sir. So the University of Rome, La Sapienza. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this was a really great opportunity for him because obviously his family is not doing so great. So you're like, great, you're going to earn yourself a degree. You're going to make many monies for the next generation. <laughs> so many monies. So many monies. And um, a bunch of his friends were going to college too, but they were really wealthy. And he decided, and they so they decided they were going to treat college like a vacation, as a lot of young people do. Party you know? it up. Party Central. Wild. What do they call it? Like spring break, the girls that flash their boobs. Girls gone wild. Yeah. It's like that, but All Italian. Day. For four years straight. They just cover their nipples with salami. Or cilantro. Cilantro. <laughs> or the really wide lasagna noodles. Because mm-hmm. because Italy. Because Italy. <laughs> That's exactly why. Mm. Um, uh, so he didn't want to look different from his peers. 
You know, these are his friends. He doesn't want them to know that he's struggling. So he was determined to act no differently from them. So he would follow them around from bars to cafes, the opera. Mm -hmm. And because of this, because it's the 1920s, like their wild time is like, let's go to the opera tonight. (laughs) You're crazy, man. (laughs) It's school night. (laughs) You got to be kidding me. (laughs) Too wild for my blood. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, because of this, he spent all of his money and like in four years and he uh, got to the end of his like college time completely broke without a degree. Cool. Worthwhile. Yeah. Not Anything ideal. to fit in though. <clears throat> Any, you would hate to be embarrassed and get a degree mm-hmm. and actually finish what you started and what you paid for. You're like, sorry guys, I can't go to the opera tonight. I have homework that I have to complete for tomorrow. And also, I have zero monies. And they're like, well, you're lame. What a loser. <laughs> Charles. Charlie. Such a loser. Chuckles. Chuck. <laughs> Ch- Chucky. This is the story of Chucky, the doll. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story about a boy named Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Okay. <laughs> what does that song start? It's like... Early morning, <laughs> he wakes up. Knock, knock. I don't know. Okay. Yep, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, around this time, a bunch of the boys from Italy, men, boys, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're always kind of boys. Boys from Italy were immigrating to the U.S. And they were somehow returning to Italy really wealthy. Do tell. And well-to-do. Yeah, so Charles' was, the family was like, hey pal you sucked here maybe go try it out out there okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go to the land of uh freedom and promise live that american dream <laughs> head to the new world yeah um just around that river bend okay <laughs> so they're like hoping that he's gonna like head off to america make a ton of money and they can once again be well off well november 15th, 1903, he arrived in Boston on the SS Vancouver with only $2.50 to his name. Hey, that was like 1500 bucks. I'll tell you what it was. Oh. Uh, so he only arrived with that much money because, um, you know, when you're going to a new country, the best thing to do with your money is to gamble all of it away on your voyage. You know... Um, history will tell us that Jack Dawson won his games in a gambling. It's true. Uh, poker game. You could lose big, but you could also win big. That's the thing about gambling. (laughs) (laughs) So in today's money, that's about $81. Oh. Can you imagine going to Boston with $81? No, that won't even get you a hot dog and a soda. No, I was like, that maybe would get you an Uber ride and a meal. Mm -hmm. That's it. Maybe. No hotel. Maybe. Oh, no hotel. No Mm -mm. way. Mm -mm. Just saying. So so he landed. Oh, so what he told people, he's like, I landed in this country with $2.50 in cash and a million dollars in hopes. And those hopes never left me. Hey. But he probably said it with a really cool Italian accent. Yeah, and people were just like way more easily dazzled back then by anybody with confidence, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, like anybody with confidence, I'm like, ooh, you're hella suspicious. Thanks to men like Charles Ponzi. You don't like the old razzle-dazzle, huh? Oh, no. 
No. Give it's all smoke and mirrors. Razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Razzle dazzle um. Okay. What is that? Chicago? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chicago? That's the one. Uh, I'm very singy this episode. I'm discovering. Sure. You sure are. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy that. Uh, free. Free for you <laughs> and your listening ears. Oh, no. Okay, we're good. I was like, no. What happened? It was low battery. Oh, whew. Whew. Okay. So he quickly learned English, uh, which is super impressive to me as yeah, an adult. Because English is tricky. And it's not easy. Yeah, it's just not easy to learn a new language as an adult. And then I said, ask Rosetta Stone or Duolingo. But they might tell you it's actually easy to learn a new language with their systems. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and he then spent a few years doing odd jobs on the East Coast. And then he eventually landed a job as a dishwasher in a restaurant. And he slept on the floor there. Hell and yeah. then from there, he worked his way up from floor mm-hmm. to wall to... No, <laughs> to window. To window. To window. To, to the wall. wall. But you know what? That does show me some grit. And yeah. I can admire that. And he worked so hard till the sweat dripped down his balls. <laughs> All the females crawled. Mm-hmm. Ah, skeet. Skeet, skeet, skeet. Okay. <laughs> so he slept on the floor there, and then he worked his way up to position of waiter. Get it? Mm-hmm. Until he was fired for theft. Ah. And shortchanging customers. Ah. Yeah, so here's our first sign that maybe he's not so stand-up. He's being WCS. Yeah. <laughs> Weird cringe and sus. I can't get over that. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if it was due to experiences like this <clears throat> over and over again, but for whatever reason, he was never able to really make a name for himself in the U.S. <clears throat> so he decided to ditch and is like, I'm out of here. There's other places I can go. So off he went to Montreal. Mm. That's Canada. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know. It's America's hat. Yeah. It's America's hat. <laughs> but also a little French. It's like a little, it's America's beret. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> exactly. That little pointy part on the brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and he became an assistant teller in a new bank called Banco Zarossi. Sounds fancy. Mm-hmm. Which was a bank that was opened by a man named Luigi or Louis. I think that was like his American name or something. Mm. I don't know. Luigi. But it's his Canadian the name. Ween. Yeah. Luigi Zarossi or Louis Zarossi. That was supposed to, so it was a bank that was supposed to service all the Italian immigrants that had started to arrive in the city. So Ponzi, Ponzi himself uh, nailed the job because he was very confident in himself and he had a really good personality and he spoke English, Italian, and French. So, I mean, perfect. Yeah. By multilingual, get it. Absolutely. And at this job is where he started to fine-tune his scheming mind and would be the way that he would develop his first Ponzi scheme, which, I don't know. Anyway, it's like where he would get like his little first taste of like a Ponzi scheme, which the internet calls a Ponzi scheme, uh, Robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They said that like so many times in like every article I read. They're like, he participated in robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm like, okay. Like that's what they had before they got the snappy name of Ponzi scheme. It's true. So I guess the bank owner that he was like working for, uh, 
his bank was growing rapidly because Louis, Louis, the bank owner or whatever, he was paying 6% interest on big deposits, which was double what other banks were paying at the time. Can you imagine 3% interest? Oof. Who? <laughs> I mean, do I know what kind of interest we're receiving? No. <laughs> do you? Oh my gosh. It's definitely not six. I don't know. Us at Gloom and Bloom at our bank, we're receiving a 0.8% interest rate. We only got the best. We definitely shopped around until we found JK. We just went with my bank. Yeah, I was like, that sounds great. You're already there. Just go there. Yeah. Um, So yeah, double what other banks were paying at the time. So people were like, hell yeah, this is the best. I'm making, I don't know. They're going there. (laughs) I'm making such a good percentage. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So as... Charles rose through the ranks. I just want to call him Ponzi the whole time. You can. Uh, As Ponzi rose through the ranks, finally arriving at bank manager, he found that the bank was actually in serious financial trouble. Ah. You don't want to know how the sausage gets made. It's true. So they were in trouble because they had really bad real estate loans. And... uh, And that Lewis which I'd rather just call him Luigi, so I'm calling him Luigi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luigi was funding the interest payments not through profit on investments, but by using money that was deposited in newly opened accounts. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. So, So, like, bank money. Totally. So he's like, hey, come deposit your... Especially, like, you're landing in a new country. You find a person who's... Italian, yeah, like you like, are. Trust you. Yeah. And he's like, not only am I Italian, you should trust me, but also I'm giving you back double in interest what other banks are. Come invest your money here. And they're like, that sounds great. But he was like, this is perfect. This is going to help pay all of my real estate loans. And, and then when you come to collect your money that should be in your account, guess what? It's just nowhere. Exactly. And, um, well, this, pri- this problem, surprisingly uh, enough, didn't just magically go away. No? No. In fact, the bank fought, like, failed and went out of business because I guess some people who are clients of the bank were feeling that something was fishy and off. Yeah. And so an investigation was launched, and as a result, Luigi ran his ass to Mexico with a large portion of the bank money. Oh, Okay, well, maybe I have a question. Maybe you don't know the answer to this, but like, is this back before like the government was involved in banking and like, I don't know, there was like regulations and like government would insure your money and whatever? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Food for thought. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, off Luigi runs and Charles is just chilling in Montreal. And for a while after he lived in Luigi's house (laughs) and helped his abandoned family. Oh, he's like, it's like a snail shell. Yeah. The snail's gone, and he's like, I guess I'll just take over. Yeah, and I'm like, he left for Mexico with all the money, and he didn't even take his family? Oh. He's just like, well, sorry, guys. Seems like that kind of a guy, though. And especially oh, back totally. then, it was like, once your your dad leaves your family, he's dead to you. Like, yeah, he might like, as well be dead. You'll never see him again. One in six fathers left their families. <sighs> Maybe mm. even one in three. Maybe even one and two. Yeah. Those dads, they have to go out and get milk and they just never return. It was an epidemic in our country. There was the Todd was like, he had to go to the gas station and get milk because we were out. And he's like, I'm going to go get milk. And I was like, 
are you just going to get milk? And then we had to explain to our girls that like dads would just leave the family. And then Jocelyn was like, but you're coming back, right? Like she was. She's like, actually, I'm a little bit worried now that you brought this up. <laughs> I know. He's like, I, he was probably like, I couldn't even run away if I tried. Yeah. You would hunt me down. Yeah. The surveillance I've, footage alone. I've already tried in my other family. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Meredith or whatever we said her name was. <laughs> yes. So Melinda. It was Melinda. Melinda. Uh. So the whole time he was living there, uh, Charles, mm-hmm. he was, like, making some plans of his own to go back to the U.S. and have himself a second chance, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's gained some valuable tools, some good lessons in yes. Montreal, and he's ready to go back and scheme twice as hard as before. <laughs> hey, that is tenacity. It sure is. People these days, they just don't have what it takes. They just give up immediately. <laughs> They don't got the gumption, you know? The moxie. Don't I know it. (laughs) (laughs) I also lack the gumption to, you know, screw people out of all their money. Yeah. I'm just not built for it. No. You're weak sauce. I am totally weak. (laughs) Such a coward. Absolutely. So unfortunately, he didn't have any money. So what he did uh, to make this happen is he visited one of the bank's former clients, Canadian Warehousing Company, and when he got there, nobody was there. So I guess he had himself a, a look around, and he found a checkbook. Perfect. Yeah, and he thought, wow, what a golden opportunity. So he goes ahead, and he writes himself a check for $423.58. quite exact. Yeah. Why the hell that amount? Who knows? But I did read something that said that maybe he wrote it for that amount because it was more believable. Sure. Than like $500. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, he, they owed me. I don't know. Yeah. And then he You forged, have to add tax. The tax on there. That's the 58. That's the thing. Uh, and then he added, like, he forged the signature of Damien Fournier, one of the directors of the company. Okay. So off he goes to the bank to cash his check. And I guess the bank guy was like, nah, bro. Mm. This is not Damien's signature. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know Damien, like a brother. Mm. Just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> apparently, he alerted the police, and the police confronted Ponzi, and he just, like, held out his wrists and said, I'm guilty. <gasps> hmm Wow. So, from there, he spent three years in St. Uh, Vincent de Paul federal penitentiary wow three years for a 500 dollars check Mm -hmm. but that was probably kind of a lot Mm -hmm. back then i don't know yeah and he was inmate number six (gasps) six six zero oh shit yeah satanic as hell yep uh and the trickster was way too embarrassed to let his mom know that he went to jail uh so he's like i'm gonna contact her uh but the letters are gonna come from here So she's going to be alarmed. So he wrote to his mom and told her that he had just found a job as a special assistant to the prison warden. (laughs) She's like, my boy, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Couldn't be prouder. He's making a name for himself in Canada. All those people, he's reforming them single-handedly. Yep, it's him. In jail. He's inspiring these prisoners. Yes. He's so good. He's doing Bible study. He's Mm. doing schemes. Warden assisting. He's doing magic tricks. Sure. For entertainment? Yes. Uh, And I mean, this is what happens when there's no LinkedIn or worldwide or nationwide news. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Just saying. So, Charlie Pons, I just keep switching his name up. (laughs) 
Call, him, call him whatever you want. Yeah, Charlie Pons was released in 1911. And I guess he didn't have any sort of prob- like probation or something. Because oh. I feel like now they're like, if you commit like a crime where you're in jail for three years, you can't leave the country immediately. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so, off to the U.S. he went. Mm-hmm. And when he got there, with his clean slate, he decided to become a new man. Mm. Perfect. Just kidding. He actually became involved in a scheme. Same man. Yes. Same man. Different day. Uh, He became involved in a scheme to smuggle Italian illegal immigrants across the border. And he was caught and ended up spending two years in Atlanta prison. Jeez. Yeah. Where he became a translator for the warden. Oh, so he kind of was assisting the warden. Yeah. So the warden of the prison had been collecting or intercepting letters from a mobster named... Ignacio the Wolf Lupo. That's a bomb-ass name. Yeah. So he's translating these letters for the warden, and then he decides he's going to go befriend the wolf. He's like, I've read your letters. I've read your letters, and I'm I'm quite intrigued. Impressed, yeah. (laughs) So after he was released, he was looking for work, and he ended up finding a sweet gig at a mining camp as a nurse. Oh my gosh, jack of all trades. Yeah, so I don't know if, like... In this time, you didn't really need any schooling to be a nurse. Right. He's I like, I can slap a Band-Aid on that shit. <laughs> Bullet hole. Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during this time in the mining camp, he met a woman named Pearl Goss something. Pearl Jam. Welcome to the jam. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Space Jam. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of a single Pearl Jam song. Okay, there's my Pearl Jam for you. Love it. I'm switching it over. Um, So. uh, Pearl Gossett, sorry. So he met Pearl Gossett. I just thought this was an interesting, it doesn't really have a lot to do with the story, but I found it fascinating. So, um, he meets this woman, Pearl Gossin or whatever, and she has suffered burns in an accident. And even though he didn't know her very well, he volunteered for two major operations to donate. What? I, like, this could be a lie. This was on Wikipedia, but it could be a straight up lie. (laughs) Uh, he volunteered to donate 200, no, 121 inches (gasps) Square inches. Inches. I don't know. Of his skin. What? From his back and legs. I'm sorry. I would only do that for my own child. Like, I don't even know if I'd do it for them. <laughs> I'd be like, don't you guys have, I mean, like, especially could, now, I'm like, a, don't you guys have, like, artificial skins? Yeah. Isn't there a cadaver around here somewhere? I'm sorry. You can grow meat in labs. Can you grow skins on labs? Right. In labs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would do it for my kid. Yeah. I guess that I'm better than you. Where would way. you take just it? Just kidding. Uh, face. <laughs> skin from my face <laughs> uh back butt legs yeah i don't know inner I mean, thigh ideally i wouldn't have to do it at all but <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen that's so sad right oh my gosh okay um anyway i don't even know how to wrap my head around that that's just like what like they peeled some skin out and then they like stitched back together no i don't understand anyway yeah but i guess this caused some health problems and they were like, you know, because he's working at this camp. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, 
that was a really kind deed you did, but your health problems are really bumming us out. And he got fired. <laughs> He's like, he can't sit for six months and we need you to sit and do some paperwork. Yeah. Because all your ass skin is now gone. <laughs> uh, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah. They actually just took the skin from his crack and then oh. they like sewed his crack. They together. put it on her arm and she's like, it grows hair. Yeah. Ooh. It's so, it's so uh, coarse and curly. Ooh. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Have a little bit of butthole in there. Ah, <laughs> that's sphincter. <laughs> I can't. Okay. So now he's out of work. He's bopping around. He gets a job as a clerk. Was he dating we- that woman or anything? No. It just was mentioned. That's so weird. So it's like a kind deed. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. It's like when people are angels and just donate a a kidney to a stranger that's so great i know you don't hear about skin that much i've uh signed up to be a bone marrow donor but um earth angel but that's because like i know somebody who had cancer and so i was like i mean i would like to help somebody who that's beautiful yeah we should all do that we should it's really easy to do new year's resolution yeah you just get a little kit they send it to you for free and you swab your mouth i think and you'll even have to let me know if you get a match yeah i mean i've been on it for five years and (gasps) never been matched with anybody really i guess it's really hard to find a match yeah i don't know okay so bopping around gets a job as a clerk with the jr pool company this is a pool with an e not a swimming pool company. Mm, okay sexy pool boy yeah uh and he did really top. well there he did he did rock a crop top and really like good. a fruit basket hat you know Ooh, like yeah. a chiquita banana type yeah. of thing i don't know it's just my my dream yeah <laughs> they show him oftentimes like with like a bowler hat and he's got like a dollar bill in it oh you should look it up it's, it's fitting because ponzi scheme absolutely so while he was in boston he met a woman named <laughs> Gosh, that is not her name. Uh, Rose Necco. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Rose Maria Necco. And she was a stenographer who came from a family of Italian-American immigrants. Oh, my gosh. I really admire a stenographer. Mm-hmm. They would be appalled at the way I type. Oh, they type so fast. So fast. Yeah. And my on the typewriter, that. they can't afford mistakes. No. Yeah. So, um, oh, so she came up from a family of Italian-American immigrants, and her family had a small fruit stand in downtown Boston. That's where he got his fruit for mm-hmm. his hat. Exactly. And the, <laughs> the two of them just fell in love. And he was like, you know what? I'm not going to let this prison history ruin a good thing. I'm not even going to tell her about it. <laughs> and he's like, secret secrets are so fun. Secret yeah. secrets never hurt anyone. I mean, it's the early 1900s. Did men even talk to their wives? I'm not even sure about that. I don't think that they were allowed to. No, they weren't. Uh, it wasn't quite the Scald's bridal times, but not far off. It was off. just ignore them. Yeah, he just ignore them. So uh, they end up getting married in 1918, and it sounds like maybe his mom tried to sabotage sabotage his Mm, happiness we love a meddling mother yeah by sending his he's like he used to be an assistant to the warden yeah he's so much better than you yeah so she sent his wife a letter and was like hey my son is no good would not recommend oh my gosh mom i think she just told him about his prison time i don't know Mm. so while working at the pool company zero out of ten she said zero out of ten negative out of ten hate my son Uh, so while he's working at the pool company, he has this genius idea and quits his job 
to pursue this idea that he has about selling advertising in a large business listing. So it's like this magazine. Wait, sorry. Did his girlfriend leave him then? No, no. They're oh, married. They're, oh, they're yeah, married now. They're married. Okay. They love each other I wondered so if the mom got between them. No. Okay. She was like, it, nothing could tear us apart. She's like, that's my man. I'm mm-hmm. going to stand beside him. Exactly. That's where that clip comes from. <laughs> it's a really old reference. Yeah. you. Ha- I bet you didn't know. <laughs> when you see those TikTok origin things mm-hmm. of where did this sound come from? That is from Charles from Ponzi's the 1920s. Wow. It's really outlasted. It's, it's really vintage. Yeah. And I think we all need to appreciate that. Absolutely. Listen. Listen for the tones. I'm going to stand beside him. <laughs> so he quits his job. He's going to make this like pamphlet. And it's like a pamphlet that has a bunch of businesses in there and they're advertising. Um, it's like the yellow page. Yeah. Like a very big, large business listing. Or like, I don't <clears> know. <throat> I get things like this in the mail all the time. It's like, oh, here's all the businesses in Utah County or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, here's coupons that come with them too, you know? Guess what? I go mailbox, trash can. I don't <clears> even look <throat> at it. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I like those deals, you know? But uh, no businesses were super interested in doing this. So the company flopped. And he's already quit, quit his job for this, you know? Yep. So with nowhere left to go money-wise, he takes over his wife's family fruit company, and he runs it straight into the ground. Charles, why are you so bad at this? Yeah, he's like the opposite of Midas Touch. He's like literally ruining everything. We just might need to be done for today. Uh Uh-oh. We can be done. Okay. Yeah, damn it. Okay. Um, So. So he ran it into the ground. Yes. And, um... He's like, hi, it's me. Uh, I'm not the problem. It's absolutely not me. (laughs) Uh, I've got confidence beyond your wildest dreams, okay? (laughs) And he tries a few other things, fails, because he doesn't have contacts or any, uh, like, to get any business off the ground. And he also doesn't have a lot of money to get Mm -hmm. business off the ground. Mm -hmm. And that just causes a lot of issues for him, you know? I can imagine. Yeah. And he went to the bank to get a loan, but his application was refused on the spot. And the president of the bank told him that he would rather close Ponzi's account than loan him a single dollar. Uh, smart guy. Mm-hmm. A little bit aggressive. So on August 20th, uh, 1919, he was going through his mail and he noticed a letter from Spain. And a company in Spain had heard of his little advertising pamphlet guide. And they're like, hey. How did they hear about it in Spain? <laughs> he was like emailing this out like across the world. Like nineteen ninety. Yes, I don't even understand. And he, he was snail mailing it across the ocean. He sure was. It took months. And uh he sent it by pigeon. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Mm. But the advertiser was like, yeah, we're interested. Can you can we check this out? So they're like, we'll even pay pay you to mail it to us. So they send this little thing. It's like a coupon. It's called an IRC that would pay for his postage. Okay. Okay. And this was like a very common thing at the time. So like if you mailed something to someone and you didn't want them to have to pay for postage back, you would send an IRC. And um, he's like, oh man, this gives me an idea. So basically with these coupons, It's kind of confusing, so hopefully you can follow this. But basically, the coupons were priced at the cost of postage in the country it was purchased in. But then you could take this and go buy stamps in your own country. Mm. 
And obviously values were different everywhere, like all over the place through the world. So he thought that this was a great way for him to make money. So after World War I, inflation had decreased the cost of postage in Italy. So you could buy an IRC in Italy super cheap, then exchange them for U.S. stamps, which had a lot more value. Okay. Yeah. And so then he's like, I'll get the stamps here, and then I'll sell them. I'm going to make a ton of money. Okay. Because, like, do people, I don't know, buy stamps from, like, stamp dealers? Don't you just go to the post office, you know? Yeah, but, like, they, yeah, since these were not, like, stamps, these were, like, coupons to get stamps, you know? So, basically, you would take it from, like, the thing, and you take it into your post office, and then they would give you stamps. It's basically, like, getting cash off of a gift card. Totally. So, but, like, his, like, the stamps in America cost more Oh, okay. Then the stamps in Italy. But since the guy bought that in Italy for super cheap. Right. Then he's making money. He's making money. Yeah. Essentially. So, um, Charles claimed that the net profit of these transactions after expenses, the exchange rates were over 400%. Jeez. Yeah. I guess this is called uh, arbitrage. Okay. I could be saying that wrong. Uh, and on paper, it appeared a really good idea to make some money and legal, question mark. <laughs> so he had known that uh, arbitrage had been used before. So he created a new company called the Security Exchange Company in January 1920. And he starts his operation with these IRCs. And he ups his game a ton. He's buying a shit tons of these. IRCs. And he's pumped. He's like, this is it. This is going to make me rich. But unfortunately, the profits, even with the 400% margins or whatever, were, it wasn't a lot of money. Mm. And it was costing them tons of money to ship the IRCs back and forth. Right. Yeah. So he's super bummed about this. So he's like, you know what? I'm not giving up on this idea. Even though this isn't making any money, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell others about this and be like, you guys, I found this awesome way to make money. You can buy these here in Italy and you can bring them back here and make a huge profit. You wouldn't even believe it. You wouldn't even believe it. And he's like, you have to invest in my company. You'll be so happy you did. And this is where he promises the like... 50% 50% returns in 90 days or whatever. In f- 50% profit in 45 days or 100% profit in 90 days. So, like, you not only get your money back, but then you get that much money back on top of it, you know? Perfect. Sounds so. great. Sounds too good to be true. It sure does. So. Okay, so he entices all these people to invest in his incredible business opportunity mm-hmm. that he's presenting. And he's like, we're going to get money back crazy fast from this. Not even that long, I promise. And there's nothing to risk here. And so what he would do is he would take all these investors' money and keep it. And then they would go out and tell other people, like, guess what we're up to. And other people would come invest their money, and then he would take that money, and he would use that to pay back these guys. In 90 days, they're mm-hmm. 100%. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that were the early investors. And then it spreads. Just, like, branches out farther and farther. But he's keeping the majority of the money. And not only 
were these people just getting their money back. They were like, whoa, it worked. You did it. So then they take that money and they reinvest it like over and over again, you know? Great. And this kind of scheme works super great as long as there's new people to always invest uh-huh. and it keeps the income coming. But once there are no new investors to be found, usually these schemes fall apart. So in the first month of his company, he like the first people he had invest, he had 18 people invest in the company. Most of them were like his neighbors and they invested with a total of $1,800 between all of them. Mm-hmm. And he paid them promptly the very next month with the money he had gotten from a newer set of investors. And this allowed him to start setting up a larger office. And all of this was super appealing because to people because at the banks, there was only a 5% annual interest and people were looking for something that they could make quick money on. For sure. Everybody yeah. loves quick money. Everyone loves it. So word spread and the investments increased rapidly. So try, Charles had to hire agents and he helped, he paid them like generous commissions. So he started his company in January and between February and March, 1920, the total amount invested had risen from $5,000 to $25,000. Whoa. Which in today's money would be like $70,000 going to $370,000. That's great. Mm -hmm. Working out. Yeah. He then hired agents to look, look for new investors in New England and New Jersey. So just kind of expanding the borders of where he can take this. Mm -hmm. And at the time, investors were being paid impressive rates. And so, like I said before, of course, they're encouraging all their other rich friends to invest. So by May of 1920, he had made 420,000, which is the equivalent of $6,100,000 today. He's crushing it then. <clears throat> yeah. And by June 19th, people invested $2.5 million into the Ponzi scheme, which is an equivalent to $37 million today. That's like, ins- that's stupid money. Yeah. And by July, he was approaching $1 million per day. Then he began depositing the money into the Hanover Bank of Boston, and he hoped that his account was big enough that he could impose on the bank or even be made its president. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, I have so much money here. I think I own it now. Yeah. So he bought a controlling interest in the bank through himself and several of his friends after depositing $3 million into the bank. Yeah. And by July 20th, 1920, he had made millions and some of his uh, investors had been mortgaging their homes and invested in their life savings. And they were excited that even... When he was like, they were so excited that even when he was offering them their profits back, they wouldn't even take them. They would just reinvest because they're like, it's going so well. It's going so well. Literally take all my money. Take all of it. So Ponzi had set up branches from Maine to New Jersey and they, he even thought that they were bringing, and even though they were bringing in tons of money, it said the simplest of financial analysis would have shown that they, the operation was running at a loss. Oh, yeah, because he made no effort to generate generate legitimate profits. So he like was just giving taking <clears throat> money, giving money back. Totally. Taking money, giving money. Back. So like a lot of people will claim that like MLMs are like a Ponzi scheme or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they said that MLMs can Ponzi schemes can easily be disguised as MLMs, mm-hmm. but typically an MLM like at least they have a product they're giving. Right. Whereas like this is just someone who's taking money and like promising giving a return. To other people, yeah. Totally. So, because <clears throat> I was like, what is the difference? 
Because I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, fair. I don't know. I just feel like you hear people talk about that. So I was like, I'm going to look up so I can inform. I don't know. Please do. Um, So the initial people who invested in his company were working class immigrants like he was. And this, so obviously the initial investors being working class immigrants, Mm -hmm. they're like making tons of money. So I'm sure they're extra pumped because they're like, whoa, I went from like poor to super rich super fast because they're getting paid the highest, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, so, so they moved from working class immigrants to well-to-do people. And then even in its heyday, it said that nearly 75% of Boston's police force had invested and even got people like his own brother-in-law and his chauffeur to invest newspaper boys like he would like take pennies from newspaper boys and he'd be like it's fine i'll double your return i'll double this like no big deal yeah so he's taking money from anyone and um yeah he was just gonna let it happen so even though he was still paying his investors back mostly from the money from new investors he never figured out a way to actually change the exchange the ircs oh my god into cash (laughs) Mm mm-hmm and he realized that it was that, logistically impossible. That was my question. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, I was like, wait, how? No. Nobody needs, you don't need to know how. It's you don't just, need to I know. Just and that's what it. he would tell people. He'd be like, I don't want to tell people because like, then I'm going to get competitors. And I, like, I don't want that. So he's a regular old Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> absolutely. And so for the initial, in fact, I watched like a YouTube video and Elizabeth's home was, was shown in like the opening scenes. Cause they're like, this is where like all these kinds of schemers come from. Is, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay, so for the initial 18 investors, it would have taken 53,000 postal coupons to even start to notice a profit. Oh, my gosh. And so for the next 15,000 investors, he would have had to fill up Titanic-sized ships with postal coupons just to ship them from the U.S. to Europe. Holy shit. This is, like, so crazy that it even ran as long as it did. Right? Well, and it didn't run. I mean, it ran for a long time, but not that long because it was like six months time. Oh, okay. Well, they just they made so much money that I'm like, it had to have gone on for a while. No, it's crazy. And I think that's why it's like such like why it's now called a Ponzi scheme, because it's like such epic proportions so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But so he wasn't very worried about this. Okay. (laughs) Because he just people just kept reinvesting the money. So Kept coming back to him over and over again. And he was living the high life. Heck yeah. He was able to buy himself a mansion in Lexington, Massachusetts, and put his money into several bank accounts throughout Boston. And he bought himself the nicest car at the time, which is a locomobile. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a train. It sure does. It's, like a, a, tra- it's a crossover. Uh-huh. <laughs> a train car crossover. And he bought his mother. Oh, he brought his mother out from Italy to live with them till she passed away. And he even bought part of... Even though she hated him? She hated him, yeah. So he even bought part of a macaroni company and a wine company in hopes that he would gain profit off of those so he could help repay investors. This is a 1920 locomobile. It's pretty pretty sick, actually. (laughs) Look at that green one. I would like the green one. Ooh, I love the green Mm -hmm. one. So... Six months into the launch of his business, he started to receive some skepticism. They're like, wait, I've got a question. He's like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't. Mm-mm. Don't do that. So people were starting to be 
like to question the legitimacy of the whole operation. Fair. But, yeah, and people were nervous because he had a lot of money to pay people. Uh, oh, so people were nervous to even like claim that he was scheming people because or scamming people because he had a lot of money to pay to defend himself in court. And they were afraid of libel lawsuits because he had actually won a case against someone who claimed that he was being a fraud. Wow. Yeah. And so the Boston post started to investigate his operation. Oh, damn. Yeah. They brought in a man named Clarence Barron, who was the president of Dow Jones and the manager of Wall Street Journal. And Clarence quickly spotted the scheme and calculated that Charles would have had to purchase 160 million IRCs, but apparently only 27,000 IRCs even existed in the whole world. (gasps) No. Uh Uh-huh. What? I don't even understand how that... It's crazy what Moxie can do for you. Sure is. So they posted their findings on the front page, and this sparked a government investigation. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, you know what? No big deal. I'm a smooth talker. I'll just cooperate, and they'll leave me alone. Uh, he's like, I'll even say we're not taking any more investments. And so he hired a man named William McMaster as his publicist. And unfortunately for uh, Charles... William was an honest man. Ah, shit. Hate hate those guys. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to hire this publicist. Hopefully he'll be a schemer. And he's like, uh, actually, I'm he's not. like, actually, no. So William had discovered the truth because he had access to all of Charles' financial records. And he later said that uh, Ponzi's financial idiot, this is what he said later, <laughs> Ponzi's a financial idiot. He can hardly even add up. He sits with his feet on the desk, smoking expensive cigars in a diamond holder, complete gibber- uh, and talking complete gibberish about postal coupons. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Sounds like such an idiot. Yeah. So William takes all this evidence to Boston Post, and then he wrote a Pulitzer Prize winning article detailing all of Charles Ponzi's secrets. Well, get it. Mm-hmm. And then... Squeal. Squeal, little piggy. Yep. And then the Ponzi scheme collapsed. So because of this, several banks went bankrupt and thousands of people all lost their savings. That makes me, I mean, you know, this happened to my family and it just like makes me rage. It's infuriating. (sighs) Was it a similar situation? Was it a Ponzi scheme? Yeah. It ended like, I don't think it started out as one, but Mm -hmm. then I think that as things got more like they're struggling, they would just like pay people off with other people's investments. So then there was like, totally no principle. Totally. Anyway. Yeah. That guy's in prison now. Yeah. Well, and you see this stuff even like, I mean, this is like a less harmful one, but you see this stuff all the time, like even where people are like, book exchange. They're like, you buy one book and I'll give you someone to send it to and then you'll receive 36 books. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's only because like 36 other people are deciding they're going to buy a book. But so someone at the end is like not going to get any books. I know. But at least you're only like paying for one book. It's not like that big. I know, but I remember that being like that. No. I'm like, wait, I buy one, but I get 36. And you're like, also, I probably will hate all of those books. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Anyway, interesting. So, uh, so Ponzi received 86 counts of mail fraud. But he cooperated and he pled guilty to just one charge that resulted in only a five-year sentence. 
but he was released after only three and a half years. Jeez. And then he was almost immediately indicted with 22 state charges of larceny. And he was shocked. He was like, what? I thought I... He's like, I, I thought we had a deal. Where I, I did my time. Yeah, he's like, I thought we had a deal where I pleaded guilty. You guys would drop the charges. Uh, oh, so he, he was pleading guilty to the federal charges. So he ended up trying to sue the state of Massachusetts, claiming that he was facing double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, saying that like he was being retried for the same offenses. Uh, that was spelled out in the federal indictment. So this ended up going to the Supreme Court, and this w- and it was found that he was not facing double jeopardy because Massachusetts was charging larceny, and the federal government charged him mail fraud. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's two different charges. Yeah. So in October twentieth, nineteen twenty-two, he was tried on the first ten larceny counts, and he of course served as his own attorney. <laughs> As you would. As you would. And since he is crazy persuasive, he actually was acquitted by the jury. <gasps> Sir. On all charges. What? Yeah. So he was actually He's like, a good judge, lawyer for if himself. you invest with me, I will give you your money back in 90 days. You're like, deal. <laughs> He's like, that sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he was... Okay. And then he was uh, tried again for the remaining charges... And the jury deadlocked. And then the third trial, he was found guilty and sentenced to an additional an additional seven to nine years in prison. Hey. So in that's something. Yeah. So in September of 1925, so it sounds like he didn't even serve all that because that was in like 1922. And now he's 1925 and he's released on bail. Great. So as he appealed the state conviction, he fled to Florida, land of the Florida man, where he <laughs> thought he could capitalize on the Florida land boom. And he offered investors tiny tracts of land, some underwater, <laughs> and promised 200% returns in 60 days. Oh, good hell. I'm like, dude, you just, what are you doing? He's like, I can't stop, can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. Apparently the scam did not work as well. And he was soon found out and... He was super scared of another prison sentence, so he tried to run away to Italy disguised as a sailor on a cargo ship. You silly. But he was quickly recognized and arrested in New Orleans. Oh, hell. He was so desperate, he even reached out to President Calvin Coolidge and Mussolini for help, but nobody would help him. He faced uh, deportation, and his wife was like, oh, yeah, you're going to go back to Italy. I'm going to stay here in America, and we're getting divorced. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. And then he lived out the rest of his life in poverty, working as a translator until his health deteriorated in 1941. And he became super weak after a heart attack in 1948. And he was almost completely blind. And he passed away in Rio de Janeiro in 1949 in a charity hospital. Hey, I wonder if he would have taken the euthanasia roller coaster. I know, you never know. So before he died, he was granted one last in- he granted one last interview to an American reporter, telling him, "quote Even if they never got anything for it, it was cheap at the price. Without malice, a- uh, aforethought, I had given them the best show that was ever staged in their territory since landing the landing of the Pilgrims. It was easily worth fifteen million bucks to watch me put this thing over." You 
egotistical jackass. Dumbass. Yeah. I was like, so, oh, what are you saying? I don't even know. And so, yeah. So now, even though this kind of scheme is named after him, uh, he was not the first to pull it off. I guess we'll never know for sure who was the first, but I did watch something that said that there was a New York bookkeeper named William Miller who was who used a similar approach to fraud investors out of $1 million in 1899. And before that, a German actress named Adele Spitzer was believed to run the first ever Ponzi scheme in 1870s. Get it? Giselle? Adele. Adele. Get it? Adele. Adele Dizim. <laughs> 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 so uh that's my story of uh, the ponzi scheme and uh my sources were wikipedia a youtube video charles ponzi america's greatest con man by the academy of wealth and a time.com article the history of ponzi schemes goes deeper than the man who gave them his name by steve wiseman well we should be thanking him because that was quite the show right <laughs> We could only be so blessed to see such a scheme play out in our day. I know. Take all of our money. Take and all of my money. Put us I would into poverty. Love. I would love to see but it hey. at the cost of all my savings. And we also didn't get our stamps we were promised. Nope. <laughs> Good times. Can you imagine? He's like, here's your money in stamps. You have like four trillion I know, that's stamps. Why I'm like, in your how home? do you exchange stamps for money? Like, what? You can't. I know. That's why I know Idiot. in prison they use stamps as currency because there's no like money. Yeah. If we learned anything from Orange is the New Black, which mm-hmm. is where I got all my prison knowledge. That's that's mine too. Solid, <laughs> solid truths there. Well, you guys, thanks for sticking in there with us. This is almost two hours long. Woo! I know. I I texted Christina. I was like, uh, so this one's gonna be a long one. And it, the funny thing I was telling Jared is, uh, I actually was like, <laughs> I want to do something easy this week so i <laughs> was gonna finish one that i already have half done but i was like my brain's not working i'll choose something even easier and then i chose the world's longest story <laughs> but it really kept my attention so hey i loved it and it we all learned something so yeah. when people talk about a ponzi scheme you could be like wait taylor just taught me everything there is to know there you go that yep. he did volunteer to give his ass skin to some <laughs> lady named pearl yeah if you take anything away let it be that let it be that for sure. Um, you guys, please join our Patreon. We just covered... What did we just cover? Oh, revenge porn. Revenge no, porn. No, what is it? Deep fake a- porn. AI deep mm-hmm. fake porn. It is really disturbing. It's it's traumatizing and... Uh, it's horrifying. Truly. Horrifying. One of the scariest things about being a lady. Absolutely. <laughs> so great. Uh, so please join we love to see you and uh oh, and merch is gonna be available very very guys, soon we actually We're- have merch in in our hands i am holding it yeah right now and it's so good it's so good you it's, guys are gonna love it it's the dream it's better than i could have ever dreamed it's better than you could have ever dreamed yeah you imagine what you think it's gonna be and double it double it <laughs> and then double it again that's what it is it's a ponzi scheme if you you give us your what you think it is and we'll double it in 90, 90 days, days. <laughs> hopefully less than hopefully less than <laughs> um but you guys uh it don't rob peter to pay paul do less god bless <laughs> gloom about <laughs> <laughs>